0: Welcome to Crossbody of Work. My name is Evan. I am Javier. And for the first episode after our 3 year anniversary, we are celebrating another anniversary this month. February 23rd to be specific. Ring of Honor will turn 21.
1: It'll be old enough Tell to drink. Me, can you do some for me?
0: It'll be old enough to drink. How exciting for Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's unfortunate that Ring of Honor turned 21, and none of these matches uh,
0: include the Beer City Bruiser. It is a little unfortunate. But yes, February 23rd, 2002 was the founding of Ring of Honor. Normally, we look at a wrestler through five of their best matches. This week, we're looking at five different points. It may not be the most important matches. It may not be the most memorable matches. But we're covering a large swath of Ring of Honor's history. tried to get a big blanket, and it's hard to do when you're 21 years in the making to pick just yeah. five matches, but you pick the matches cause you are a ring of honor guy.
1: Yeah. I'm the ring of honor correspondent. I understand that.
0: Tell us about the thought process between picking the matches aside from the ones we couldn't find links for.
1: Yeah. There were, there were a couple that just the, the links died uh, in yeah. the process. Cause I put these in our, I, I put those, I, I sent the links over basically like two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah, the 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 videos just went dead. But I did my best to just kind of space it out. Um, you know, we got twenty one years to cover. I wanted to do my best to cover as many different eras of Ring of Honor as I could. I also wanted to do my best to not double dip with yeah. any wrestlers. Uh, there's there's, there's been one s- guy
0: who shows up twice. That's it. Sure, barely, he, he, barely. We
1: see him twice. Let's just go with that. Yes. We'll, we see him twice, um, and. I mean, just so many people have walked through the doors of Ring of Honor uh, that I just felt like it would be an injustice if we saw, I don't know, like Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, you know, the same guys over and over again. Yeah. Um, I did my best to try to cover as many different match types as I could. I feel like we got got one that's very unique. um, That isn't even a Ring of Honor match, but... I, yeah i did my best to do that as well you know we got tag team stuff we've got massive just i can't even describe what one of these matches even is we've got single stuff and we've got my personal favorite match of all time so
0: <laughs> really yes don't um, tell me don't don't say the name but which number in order is it four number Four. Oh, okay
1: that yeah, is it is i don't is think fair. it's the best match of all time i think that their uh previous encounter was but to Actually, me personally I, it's my sentimental favorite ever
0: i don't know why i was surprised i knew that was your favorite match <laughs> yeah. I, you have you have mentioned it before the second i saw it, i was like that is of course that's your favorite match
1: all right if you've listened to this podcast we and it, it has involved ring of honor in any way shape or form you know <laughs>
0: The first event for Ring of Honor, February 23rd, 2002, was the Era of Honor Begins. And the reason that Ring of Honor started was because RF Video, which is a pro wrestling video distribution company, needed a new promotion to lead its video sales because ECW went out of business and WWE bought all the stuff. Yeah. like. Kudos to WWE. It's a really smart business strategy to not just drive people out of business, but take all their stuff. It's not even like, it's just being like amassed into the blob.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's awesome that Ring of Honor kind of never, their tape library never went over to WWE, even in the waiting years. Tony Khan has now prevented that from ever being a possibility. Uh, But yeah, it's cool that that's happened. It's also cool because Ring of Honor was basically founded on the backs of the original, you know, the old King of the Indies uh, tournament that eventually just kind of became the Super 8, uh, which eventually got its own little transformation, which is now what we kind of know as Battle of Los Angeles over in PWG. But the Super 8 was the thing. um, And the first show is pretty much made by the guys who were the faces of the Super 8 in the early 2000s, which led us to the main event, which I believe was a triple threat between... Uh, Daniels. Loki, Danielson, and Daniels.
0: Yeah, who it also had a match between Eddie Guerrero and Super Crazy for the IWA Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, which sounds fantastic. We will cover that at one point. I'm sure we will. And the reason that, that RF Video made their own company is because they really wanted to get Combat Zone Wrestling, CZW, to be the, like the new one that they focused on, but they kind of didn't want to do it. So Rob Feinstein decided to fill the void, starting his own promotion. In 2004, Feinstein would be uh, indicted or caught in an internet-based sting for allegedly trying to solicit sex on the internet from a person he thought was an underage boy. Okay, then. He resigned in March 2004. TNA pulled a bunch of their talent away from them, which was difficult because AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels were either champions or about to become champions at the time. ROH would bounce back by having Doug Gentry buy out Feinstein Steak and sell it to Kerry Silkin, who has been a name associated with ROH for a long time. Basically, by the entirety of the fandom. Pretty much. So, we did a little history. Let's dive into our first match. Brian Danielson, a man that we have mentioned already being part of that first triple threat on that first show, is going up against Austin Aries in a 2 out of 3 falls match at ROH Testing Limit 2004. This isn't for the ROH title. The ROH title was defended by Samoa Joe against Trent Acid in the match before this. But here's my first thought on this. This match is an hour and 16 minutes, Javier. Yeah, do you
1: want to know what the original plan for this match was? Please tell me. Uh, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson uh, tells it in his in his book, um, the original plan for this match. So it's a two out of three false match. Yeah. Um, and their original plan was to go three hours. They wanted to have a three hour match. They wanted to do one fall f- per hour with the winner in the end, you know, being decided the way that it was decided in this. Uh, the reason why it was on last is because they pretty much knew that this was going to be mostly distributed with dvds so they didn't really care whether people stuck around or not they told the crowd in between the the joe match and this one that you know this match is about to go super long we know it's late if you want to go and you don't want to stick out through the entire thing please do so now because we we don't really want to see the cameras you know in the video to be just seeing people in a mass exodus um so yeah they wanted to go three hours because Brian Danielson's fucking insane.
0: Oh my god. You know, the thing that it reminds me of is like, this is why celebrities have managers. This is why albums have producers. So that when the talent show up with an idea like, hey, let's go three hours long in a match. Somebody can go, no. Like, I don't care who you are. There's no match I want to watch for three hours. This is why WWE actually, and AEW have producers. Actually, that's a lie. I could watch a 3-hour rumble. You give me a 90-person rumble, I could watch it. I could, yeah. It's it's always changing with those people. I love Brian Danielson. I think he's yeah. fantastic. Austin Aries looks like fucking Abe Lincoln's demon spawn in this in this, but he's a good wrestler. So, there's that.
1: Young, uh, young. I will say, young Austin Aries was fucking elite. Like he, he was, is. I believe he's a part of Generation X at this point. With with uh Roderick Strong, um, which is why he's kind of acting heelish because Generation X are fucking assholes.
0: I also can't say anything about his his Lincoln beard. You know the no mustache <laughs> look because I did try that once as a youth. Because it's like if you can't connect the mustache and the beard, you just go for the beard, which was a I mistake. can't say
1: that I don't have a connection going, but I've got the. I've got both. You try. Just, just...
0: Now, I wanted to say that it's an hour and 16 minutes because sometimes in these matches, we're able to go kind of beat by beat and break down the action. <laughs> We'd be here for three hours if we did this because your next match is also over an hour. <laughs> so there's no way in hell we're doing this. Do you have a little bit of the backstory between Danielson and Ares at this point? Like what was the, uh, the main feud?
1: Yeah, so there was Generation X, which is... Uh, it's like a group of pretty much like quote unquote younger guys in Ring of Honor's at this point. Uh, which is Aries. It's it's your Roddy Strong's. Those are the two like front faces. I don't really remember anyone else from the group. Um, but I I know that those two were thing. They were kind of just assholes. Um, and Danielson had a personal thing with uh, Aries going because I believe they had a match not super long before this and. Danielson split the fuck out of Aries, wide open. I think it was his chin, or his, I don't know if he like dislocated his jaw or some shit like that, but or maybe fucked up his mouth or his nose or whatever. But uh, Generation Next, generation, generation, generation Next
0: had Alex Shelley, Austin Aries, Jack Evans, Matt Sydal, and Roderick Strong. There you fucking go. Those yep. guys are all the same height, by the way. <laughs>
1: one of them are the same height
0: that's uh that's that's why they got together They're like hey none of us can reach the top shelf let's uh let's all <laughs> go wrestle together those are the
1: those are the seven dwarfs um <laughs> yeah sleepy no dis- and doc
0: were both in it too
1: no disrespect to alex Shelley, i love you yeah. man. um but yeah you know it's it, as you could tell those guys all know how to be a heel um yeah. And so yeah, they they kind of floated between heel and babyface. I believe by the time Austin Aries wins the Ring of Honor World Title from Samoa Joe, uh, which I think we did cover on this episode on this podcast, on the Samoa the...
0: Joe episode, yeah, yeah,
1: we probably did. Um, I, I believe he was still a part of Generation X at that point, but they had gone babyface. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is them as heels. Danielson is the still he's still the third guy in the in the three for for Ring of Honor at this point. He they. You know, Joe and Punk are still at the company, so they haven't given him the ball to run with yet, but he's he's popular.
0: We also, if people are wondering, like, oh, why didn't you cover that initial triple threat? We have. It's in the Danielson episode. Go and listen to it. The Brian Danielson series, like, established Brian Danielson as my, like, top three favorite wrestler.
1: Yeah, that's also another thing that I had to keep in mind is I didn't really want to double dip. If I did, it would have been that match. It would have been the Kenta Kabashi Samoa Joe match. Yeah. It would have just been a bunch of matches that we'd already covered on this podcast.
0: We have done a lot of dabbling in our weights, but this is good to kind of just like add extra stuff. Plus, we've already done like a Danielson episode, so it's good to get an extra stuff of him in there. The main story for the match is, because, <laughs> I mean, it's a, you, you need a Wikipedia plot summary Right? Like, this is crazy. Danielson is in fucking control to start yeah. the match. The whole start,
1: first. Danielson's in control. This match is an hour and 16 minutes, you say? Uh, Danielson's in control for an hour and 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And for the first 40 minutes, there's no pinfalls or submissions. And despite Danielson being in control, the first pin or the first fall is Ares getting a Rings of Saturn locked in turning it into a cattle mutilation, and Danielson saving himself and tapping out, which was yeah. s- a smart decision so you don't get totally fucked over for the rest of the match. And just so you guys like
1: understand how much control Danielson had to that point, here are just some of the bullet points that I wrote down here oh, in yeah. his notes. Uh, so at first, Aries, instead of going for the code of honor, the handshake, uh, points at his chin, because, yeah, that's what it was. He got his chin splint. Uh, split the last time that they they'd face each other which doesn't surprise me uh you know if you're facing brian danielson um yeah danielson working the leg danielson working the leg danielson headlock into back suplex danielson bullying austin Aries with holds danielson's been so aggressive dragon with a top rope rana into a gut turns a a top rope rana into a gut buster danielson dropkick to the outside danielson jackknife cover, cattle mutilation. It's just a lot of
0: Danielson. And you want to
1: know why? Because it's just a lot of Danielson.
0: One of my first notes and Ring of Honor going through these matches and also just like watching them over the years. One of the most notable improvements in quality of presentation. Ring of Honor (laughs) starts pretty shady. The fucking cameraman at ringside just needs to move a foot to either the left or the right because he's shooting directly at the only lights that are on the ring. I know. For like a solid 10 minutes, it's blinding. <laughs> and I realized afterwards, I'm like, wow, that must suck to wrestle in because you have like limited lighting anyways, and then every once in a while you probably just catch being blinded by these <laughs> massive floodlights. <laughs> they get better at that as a promotion. Yeah. But yeah, so our first fall his Aries going up one nothing because he makes Danielson tap to of mutilation. Danielson then just is a house on fire afterwards because he's fucking pissed. He's pissed. They switch refs after every fall too, which I thought
1: was a cool thing. That is cool. Especially if they were going to go three hours, give those refs a break. Yeah. Um, Danielson puts on a crazy single leg crab at one point where it's like also like a calf splitter. It's yeah. fucking insane. Uh, he he gets on, like, I called it a figure six. It's not exactly a figure four. It's not a figure eight. He's just kind of, like, bridged, but yeah. not all the way.
0: Like, Charlotte does it. He's just, like, on his head. <laughs> Speaking of your head, Danielson goes for a suicide dive after all that, and Ares oh, dodges, and Danielson goes face first into the metal barricade. And Ares is pissed off because Danielson can't get up, and there's no count out here. Danielson's just out he's just out cold and aries can't move him
1: he's actually out cold is he that actually is, he's not selling he's done he's he's absolutely i don't know if he's selling for sure 100 percent. i did look it up this is rumored to be a concussion
0: that <laughs> brian had suffered son of a bitch well eventually aries brings like gets him up he uh, Danielson dodges, and Ares goes arm first into a ring post at one point. Danielson focuses on the arm all around ringside. They get back in. Danielson, with cattle mutilation after holding it in for a long time and Ares not tapping, turns it into a crucifix pin, and we're tied 1-1. So that's the second fall. For context, we're 59 minutes into the match.
1: <laughs> the plan was to go three hours, people. Uh, they called an audible, obviously. They
0: did uh, say at the very beginning... It's two out of three falls with each fall having a 60-minute time limit. And if I had been told that previous thing about if you want to leave, you can, I would have been like, oh, they don't usually say that each fall has a 60-minute time limit. Yeah, if they say I'm this getting, match. I'm getting <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> I would have stayed for the vibes. Um, I would have stayed because what am I going to do at home? All right? Yeah. Nothing. Although at this
1: point, it's probably like fucking 1 a.m., man. It's, it's a ring of honor show. Every match goes 30 minutes. That's true. Uh, This fall, the last fall starts off hot. Aries does a top rope DDT for a near fall. A couple sneaky small packages. Uh, Danielson goes for a bear hug. Aries flips it into a bear hug of his own, but uh, Danielson's been working like his midsection in front and on his back the entire match, and he is so easily able to get Aries back in a bear hug. Uh, It is unbelievable. And then Aries starts fighting a little bit with headbutts and Kicking around, and Danielson's just like, you know what, fuck this belly to belly. Belly to belly. A uh, Danielson back suplex. He throws on cattle mutilation again. Aries gets to the ropes. And then we really just kind of get to the finish. Um, yeah.
0: Running forearm by Danielson. We get a forearm by Aries. A top rope brain buster by Aries that does land on Danielson's head. And when you think he has a concussion, that's really shitty. Uh, Aries then hits a 450 and wins. Well, At- he okay.
1: Well, he hits the braid, the avalanche braid buster. Then he follows that up with two more brain busters.
0: Yes, yes, he does. And then and he the the four 50. fifty. Then he wins. What do you think this match was rated by Dave Meltzer? Uh, f- four and a quarter. Three and a half. Oh wow, that's wrong. Like, that's too low. But I get it because it's really, really, really long.
1: I think that we've completely fucked the star rating so much that it's. This is gonna sound like disrespectful, but I think it's like a four star match.
0: I think I, I think that's fine. I think that's a, a fair assessment. I think it's I a four star match. It's a four star match. There's nothing wrong with a four star match. People. Like I don't believe in matches.
1: the two in the in the quarters. I believe in the halves. Like if you're gonna give me like four and a half as an option, I'll take it. But it, I'm not gonna give this one four and a half. That is. A I used
0: match. I used to have a, a teacher in high school who. Would like people always like, oh, he always gives like 0.25 marks, and then he started doing like 0.125 and like 0.625. And I was like, bro, just just round down or round up. I don't care. Brother. You're
1: fucking with your own grading
0: system at this yeah, point. Yeah, on you is our We are going to take a rare after one match commercial breaks when we get back. Is another hour long match, this one involving CZW. Learn more at marines.com. Back from the break, we are at a match between Team ROH and Team CZW, a Cage of Death match, which is a CZW concept, July 15th, 2006. It is very similar to a War Games match in terms of <laughs> style. The like, There's two teams... One team has the advantage. Two guys start every couple minutes. A new guy's entering, and then once the once everybody's in, you can start the match. And that the, is where the similarities end. <laughs> yeah, because there's only one ring. It's surrounded by a giant cage on the outside that looks like it looks like the Lions Den match grew up and went through a phase. Uh, it's a death match in a cage, people. It's that's a death a, that's match a in a cage because CCW is a death match thing. Yeah, let's look at the teams, shall we? <laughs> Team ROH, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, two guys who I don't think people need to learn a lot about, Adam Pearce, who we all now know from WWE TV. Senior official. Senior official, Adam Pearce, who at this point was just, you know, he wasn't quite NWA heavyweight champion, Adam Pearce. Just he he just a mid-card guy in Ring of Honor. a guy. Ace Steele, who
1: we know from Brawl Out, probably. Who's not, who, who in this match, I can confirm, did not bite anyone.
0: That's big. We we check the footage,
1: and BJ Whitmer. Who's BJ Whitmer? Tell me about him. Oh, BJ Whitmer. Well, he's actually he's a he's a producer at uh, AEW now. He's just like he's he was a really long time ROH guy. He never really made it past the mid card level. Uh, I, I don't. He's just like he's like one of those like guys who was just like a staple over there. Yeah. If I were to like compare him to anyone, I don't know. He's like. He's like basically like Kofi Dolph if they never got like a title run. I was going to say kind.
0: I was going to say is he like like Dustin Rhodes in AEW? Like no cuz he's not old. <laughs> no, not. Yeah, not here, but Dustin's just kind of like there for the vibes. He's like
1: fucking, I don't know. He's he's like over because he's around. Is is essentially how I would say. Yeah. He was There's not really, it's hard to compare him to anyone because I feel like a lot of those like long time mid card guys actually did end up getting title runs, you know?
0: It's true. Yeah. Team CZW, more guys who we would know from ROH as well. Uh, Chris Hero, who we've covered on this podcast, Claudio Castagnoli, who we see in the most disgusting suit of all time, who is the current
1: ROH champion.
0: Yeah, he's currently the ROH champion as we record. Necro Butcher who I messaged you and I said looks like a unsub on Criminal Minds. Which I was like, yeah. Yeah, he, he looks like he belongs in the woods. Uh, Nate Webb, tell me about Nate Webb. Nate Webb is just clean necro butcher. That's the way I can describe <laughs> <laughs> it. He's the after photo? He's like Brother, the before and after photo?
1: So I, I went through a big CZW phase when I came back um, from like my excursion. Really? Um, yeah i love czw it's just it's i don't know it's just it's so i don't know if you had this when you came back to wrestling after you went on your hiatus but i just kind of wanted to like watch as much different kind of wrestling as i could um more so than like just cashing up on it like obviously i knew about czw because i'd followed Ring of honor but i never really like went through and like watched czw yeah. uh, products so essentially necro butcher is i don't know how to describe necro butcher to the people he's trevor from gta and deathmatch Uh, yes it's probably the best way i could go about it and then nate webb is a guy who honestly nate webb was kind of just like a he's essentially czw's bj whitmer um except for the fact that he honestly just kind of looks like a clean version of necro butcher
0: Okay, and also and there's, a, there's a mystery uh, partner. There's a mystery partner who will be revealed. Um, <laughs> to try to explain everything in this match would be absolute chaos, but let's talk J. J. about... J.J. Dylan's of- here. J.J. fucking Dylan's here. Four Horsemen, baby. Uh, he's
1: managing the the Ring of Honor side.
0: Yeah, he's here to flip a coin, essentially. Uh, the starters are Joe and Claudio. Like I said, Claudio has the greatest shitty suit of all time. He has Sire sideburns. Is-
1: God, I hated the slicked hair. I would also uh, like connect that with Chikara Claudio, but it's still so
0: bad. Also, I so they start, and the next person in is BJ Whitmer for Team ROH. Yep. And in this, especially the early moments of this match, he looks like Big Cass. It's the hair. hair. Team BJ
1: Whitmer with hair is weird, because I was just so used to seeing a bald for the longest time. Um, because when mm-hmm. I came back to to wrestling and started watching Greek of Honor sporadically, not like s- c- casually, I would say, uh, he was already bald, <laughs> yeah, or just had short hair.
0: The big thing that happened, so like I said, Whitmer's in for RH. Uh, Chris Hero comes into the Kings of Wrestling are there for uh, CCW. The third man in for RH is Brian Danielson. He's in like a house on fire, takes out Kings of Wrestling, he's fired the fuck up, he clotheslines Claudio out of the ring, Drop kicks Hero on the top row. Joe then sees Hero and he's like, oh, I'm going to go for a muscle buster. No, he and- was
1: telling Joe to get the muscle oh, buster.
0: Oh, so he told him. Okay, so he tells Joe, go for the muscle buster. And what, is, what does Danielson do then instead? He, he fucking chop blocks Joe. He chop then- blocks Joe's knee out. And that opens
1: up a can of whoop ass. He hits Joe in the knee, uh, with a chair. And while this beatdown is happening, Nate Webb comes out for the CZW side. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jim Cornette, who I guess is, I mean, he was the GM. He's in of charge of
0: ROH, I guess.
1: Yeah, it was like their GM, honestly. Yeah. Um, for for like the longest. Uh, and he comes out and he's like, "What the fuck? Like, fuck off! Get get out of here!" So Brian Danielson's out of the match, but so is Samoa Joe because he has to be assisted out because his knee is donezo.
0: So now Team CZW has a, a very very big advantage. Uh, so Danielson is arguing with like, he argues with Dylan, goes to the back. Joe gets fucking carried out. Huge advantage for CZW. Here comes Adam Pearce. <laughs> Look at Chunky. <laughs> He's in jeans and he has the soul patch, and I feel so. It's like looking at a photo of your dad when he was young. And you're like you had like you did stuff who allowed this
1: when when i see pictures of my dad young and he's got like a full beard he's got like hair at one point my dad had like a fucking mullet looking oh yeah my dad had a mullet it was like well his hair was like a my dad's hair is a little like it's like a rough curl i would kind of say so like uh, he, he it just kind of like jerry curls but like short and it was a it was a mullet style and i was like oh my god and he's got the huge beard this is like a complete weird thing for me because my dad just has like the greaser like caribbean father slick back hair with, <laughs> with he's completely clean shaven now but for the first 10 years of my life he had this massive mustache uh and, and it, it's just like it's tra- it's honestly a little traumatizing
0: whenever I it's just pictures. weird to see to see these these new faces you know like like that's not what you're supposed to look like <laughs> it's like who uh, are you people? A steel shows up not to bite anybody, uh, <laughs> but he has more cowbell. I have a fever and the only prescription is more cowbell. Wow,
1: cowbell. wow, uh,
0: and he literally hits everybody with a cowbell. It's fucking yeah. nuts.
1: Necro Butcher was out in this in this time actually. Too oh yeah, well. Necro
0: Butcher shows up too, uh,
1: and Natural Butcher ne- Necro is just fucking. He he's choking Adam Pierce. He is he is absolutely bludgeoning B J Whitmer. It, it is it is a fun time to be ne- Necro Butcher at this point.
0: It's a great time. It's a great time to be alive. Uh, so Hero tries to stop him, and he does, and Ace still gets hit with a cowbell. Hero then gets a microphone because he's, he's picked the mystery partner. And yeah, he's the leader
1: of the CCW team. Yeah,
0: it's being revealed, and Ace Steel hits him with a garbage can. And Hero gets up and just clocks him and gets back on the mic, like, fuck off. And then he says, The next person is somebody I hate, but he hates you more than I hate him. The ace up his sleeve is a king of diamonds, Eddie Kingston. Heated rivals. If I remember, if I read correctly. So Chris yes. Hero and Eddie Kingston fucking hated each other. Yep. Yeah. And to this day, Eddie Kingston doesn't forget things. So, like, he also still hates Claudio.
1: Yeah, he still hates Claudio. <laughs> yeah, he,
0: Eddie Kingston doesn't let shit go. All right. He
1: does not. He really doesn't. It's fucking hilarious. Um, so, he gets into the ring. He immediately hits a Yakuza kick on a steel, hits a DDT. The crowd is fucking nuclear. For yeah. uh like it is insane how much heat they got uh, on Eddie right now. He launches a chair at BJ Whitmer. Uh
0: and then at this point the crowd is just begging for homicide. So there. here's the thing they're chanting homicide, and in my mind, as a non-ROH person, I was like, Are they advocating to kill somebody? <laughs> are yes. they are they saying, Hey, commit to the bit and kill these people? But no, there is a wrestler named Homicide. And the lights go out as Hero and Kingston are coming to blows in the middle of the ring. And Homicide arrives. He stares down J.J. Dillon, gets in the cage, even though he's technically not on Team ROH. He takes on all of Team CZW. He opens a thing of tacks in front of Necro Butcher, who is shoeless, and stops him in his tracks, which is hilarious. And then Homicide... I guess was like in charge of cutlery for the buffet and just starts tossing out forks and everyone gets stabbed with forks. Yeah. He was back there in catering, man. Yeah. And he's like, I got a bunch of forks. That's what I could find. And people could just get stabbed and it's what is going on. And uh, yeah.
1: So at one point he, he just absolutely is just stabbing the fuck out of Eddie Kingston with a fork. BJ Wimmer on the outside hits a power driver to Claudio, Adam Pierce grabs uh, Nate Webb and just hucks him out of the ring straight into the cage. Um, and, then, and then Homicide just decides, I see Necro Butcher. I'm going to fucking kill Necro Butcher.
0: There are so many crazy things that happen now that everybody's in the match. Um, yeah. The one that I want to talk about isn't even the thing that happened. It's a great chant. CCW fans are chanting six on five. And ROH fans just respond with, you can't count. <laughs> and I thought that was beautiful. Uh, if there's a, a particular moment in this little bit or two that you want to talk about, give me give me the two highlights.
1: Uh, Ace Steel missed a suicide dive and Eddie Kingston <laughs> gets <laughs> absolutely rocked after the fact. He like starts laughing and I don't remember who it was that absolutely kills him, but they fucked him up so bad. And Eddie Kingston is just not seen for the rest of the match. Um at one point Hero's going for so Hero hits a, a cravat suplex that's kind of like his thing, as we covered in in the the Chris Hero episode. So he's yeah. going for that on Homicide. Uh, and Homicide's like, yo, no, fuck this. Uh, fuck that. And so <laughs> instead of instead of letting him do that, he grabs him, uh, goes to the middle rope and hits a cravat cutter onto Hero on a
0: chair. It was nice. It was very, very nice. Uh, the finish of the match—I don't know what the name of the move is—that homicide hits. Wait until you find out what's it called. Okay, so let, let me just go through a little bit
1: more of the bits. There's there's a point where uh, Hero is climbing the cage. Adam Pierce climbs beside him, and Claudio jumps from the, the the corner up in up onto the cage between them, and it's a side Russian leg sweep on Pierce through a table. Yes, Hero then is clear he's on top of the cage he hits a moonsault onto a horde of people bj whitmer hits a brain buster on a chair onto i believe chris hero yeah uh bj and homicide then hit double back suplex on necro onto a chair which i don't know how necro is still walking to this day that's fair um bj whitmer drops himself and necro butcher through fucking barbed wire table yeah
0: through barbed wire (laughs) boards for
1: no fucking reason and then we get to the finish where Homicide hits his finisher, the gringo killer, on Nate Webb, onto a barbed wire board to win the match.
0: After the match, Jim Cornette comes out. And he calls Homicide in the ring to show his gratitude for defending ROH and says he'll grant three wishes. Side says he wants one more match with Steve Carino. he Says done. He said he wants a world title match. He says done. And Homicide wants motherfucking low-key reinstated. And Jim Cornette's like, nope. Uh, Jim Cornette's like, you know what? You want that?
1: Fuck all of this. J.J. Yeah. Dillon locks the cage. Adam Pierce turns heel, attacks Homicide. They they chain him chest first into the corner. Not chain. They, they handcuff him chest first into the corner uh, and expose his back for Jim Cornette, who just starts whipping him while J.J. Dillon and Adam Pierce fight off anyone that tries to show up
0: very very weird times. Before we talk about a third match, I have an ROH question for you. Go ahead. What is your preferred ROH logo? Through their logo Ooh. evolution. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, the, the the
1: the early 2010s one is the one that always sticks out to me. It's very so generic.
0: The with the O that's like got the spikes on it? Yes. Yes, that's their third logo. Yeah, the third logo. The first one is just like, it looks like a weird tribal tattoo. Like it's, it's not great. Then the second one was like the sideways, like block letter one with the black yep. and red. It's just and, italics. And then the the third one, which is the one that I associate most with ROH as well, which is the, the O with the spikes. And then now we've got the new also block lettery one that I don't love. I don't love the new ROH logo.
1: I don't love it, but I understand why they had to change it.
0: Yeah. I, I get that. <laughs> Um, so
1: Claire didn't have it anymore. So it just yeah. made sense.
0: Our third match is not a blow up between two tag partners, but just a friendly, but very violent competition between two tag partners. It is the ROH world championship from best in the world. 2011. It is the American wolves fighting one another. Eddie Edwards versus Davey Richards. Edwards demanded the two wrestle to find out who the best in the world is because Davey said he didn't want to be the one to end Edwards, uh, world title reign, kind of insinuating that, like, if we fought, I would end his world title reign, and so Edwards was like, well, go fuck yourself, like, I can take you on. Uh, but they're still tag partners at the time, correct? Like, they're still boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're still good. Uh, I didn't know Edwards is the first triple-ground champion in ROH history. Didn't know that. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, but I, I probably would have guessed that. Yeah. I believe
0: he, he won the TV title he was the first TV champion. And so by winning the world title, it was the last, like he, he had done the other two and he just had one more. Whereas other people probably had was to go he back the and get it. champion. That doesn't exist yet. Um, count. this match, I oh, so yeah, thoroughly. Oh, thing. yeah. What am I thinking? What was the, what was the one they made up? That was more recent. So the trios titles, man. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know my RH. I'm new here. Uh, This match, I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, though, this is fucking good.
0: A lot of good technical wrestling. Tell me a bit about the American Wolves in general. The American
1: Wolves are, in my opinion, the most underrated tag team in the history of pro wrestling. They are so fucking good. The American Wolves, the Wolves, if you just know them from their time in TNA slash Impact Wrestling, they are so fucking good. Davey Richards, it is a crime that Davy Richards was not bigger than he was and i understand injuries played a part in the later stage of his career but davy richards was that fucking guy man uh i i love eddie edwards i do eddie edwards is fantastic but in my opinion davy richards was always the one of the two uh yeah he was always the better of the two it's i don't think it's a a michael's genetti per se because i do think eddie was it was and still is in, in his impact wrestling runs very very good Davey Richards, man, that guy was a special, special talent. Um, they were just two guys who were technically very good and played off of each other so fucking well. Their chemistry was insane. The way that I could describe their chemistry is honestly, it's kind of on par with like what you would get out of the Motor City machine guns, except they weren't as high flying. They were more technical yeah, based yeah, um, that doesn't mean they couldn't fly. They actually, they they absolutely could. Um, especially Eddie Edwards when he was in his younger era. Uh, but man, this is this match was awesome. It's absolutely one I wanted to put on here more so because it covers a point in Ring of Honor that I don't really think gets talked about enough at all, which is that period after Tyler Black leaves, but before the Steam generical stuff really becomes the main event focused as far as the title goes. Yeah. Um. And and it's it's. I will say one of the unfortunate parts of this podcast is that I I didn't I just couldn't find a way to put more Jay Lethal uh, on here because I do think the guys who's,
0: who's missing.
1: Yeah, I do think Jay Lethal absolutely deserves to be on this podcast. Um, he in the 2010s, especially the mid to later stages of it, absolutely carried that company on his back. Him and Jay Briscoe, but. I just I had to put this on here. I just had to. This is this is one of the best matches, belt to belt that I have ever seen.
0: It just is so good. One other thing that I want to talk about because it's going to be hard to kind of this match is all technical stuff. Like we can talk about it maybe a couple spots, but like the other thing is the location. The location it happens at the Hammerstein, which is, I think, a top three wrestling venue
1: oh absolutely i think it's number one i'm not even like i'm telling you it's number one with a bullet for me um this is the biggest crowd roh has ever had to this point
0: really okay to this point yeah i love the hammerstein i love the the way it looks i love the history that's there i think there's just it it screams good indie like that's that's the time (laughs) the good indie happens in the hammerstein like that's where it's supposed to be
1: yeah i mean look the tokyo dome's awesome um you know depending on where you are in the country that you can find you know P, uh, the the, the, the uh, PWG had a really good in Reseda, but yeah MSG For me the Hammerstein yeah MSG the Hammerstein for me is is where it's at though that it's just it's so hard to recreate just how important that that setting is to to professional wrestling yeah. it's just like you know obviously ecw was there but what that shit did for ring of honor man some of the best ring of honor shows you will ever watch were in the hammerstein hammerstein Ballroom. some of the best ecw moments you'll see here were obviously in the hammerstein like this is it's just it's perfect i just think also like it's great with the acoustics the lighting is always perfect for me it's just it feels intimate even though it's fucking huge yeah, um, and it's I don't know how to describe it. I, I just think everything culminates into the perfect environment for a pro wrestling match.
0: It's true, and this is a very perfect pro wrestling match in terms of the content. Yeah, it, is... it's
1: it's harder to get much better than this. Yeah. It really is. It's these guys know each other so well. I mean, the the technical start from the beginning. Davey immediately goes for a clover leaf. Eddie Edwards gets to flex his punching which Eddie Edwards has one of the best uh working punches in wrestling. He just does. Mm-hmm. Still to this day. It's it's like 50% of his offense these days cuz the the guys had he's getting older. Yeah. he's older and he's he's not as in sh- he's not as spry as he was in this match but uh at one point man he he hits a uh Davey Richards hits a kick and then uh, on the outside uh, where Eddie Edwards is just fucking launches himself head first. It's honestly, it's like a like an Ilya Dragunov kind of suicide yeah, dive where yeah. he's not sticking his arms out to catch himself. He's going yeah. head first like he's fucking Ralph Wiggum. Wiggum, Wiggum.
0: Yeah, I'm in danger.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going head first, Mitch.
0: I will say Davey is spamming all of the arm bars. He's like <laughs> whatever arm bar related thing I can do. Like at one point he's in a cross arm breaker. Transitions to a Fujiwara armbar hits a Northern light suplex Edwards kicks out and then immediately into a Kimura he's like I don't care how yeah. I break your arm but that's my plan which is like you shouldn't break their arm of your boy that's very mean um, uh Davia, so at one point they have a headbutt
1: it's not the first of the of the match or it's not the, the last one of the match they have a headbutt fight on the top rope uh where they're just it's both weird. rapid punching headbutts or rapid spamming headbutts it's they You could tell they're not really connecting all that hard, but it's still weird to you. Um, Davy then hits a superplex and does the the Shayna Baszler kind of thing, where she gets someone up for a super for a suplex and then just in the suplex position and then just drops him and throws on the. She does the choke. He does the Juju Katani. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Taz for telling me what a Juju Katani is, because now I knew, I will never call that an, a cross arm bar again. There
0: you go. The one big move that I wanted to point out is that they do just do some wrestling on the apron because around this time, that's when people started doing like a little bit of extra stuff on the apron.
1: Yeah, and it's part of the a, ring,
0: if you didn't know, I heard that somewhere. Super kick by Edwards, and then a fisherman brainbuster on the apron, which looked nasty. Yeah, um, to quote Raven, yeah. "Nasty."
1: Yeah. At one point, Eddie follows that with a, a flying double stomp to the neck for a near fall. Uh, and then Davey gets back on the apron. Uh Eddie misses a kick. Uh Davy catches it. And after some some jockeying and some some begging from Eddie Edwards, hits a dragging screw. The the leg is still caught there. So Eddie's still like caught there because he is in fucking pain at this point. Um, yeah. so Davy goes up to the top and hits the top rope double stomp. He, that just he puts on an ankle lock which is weird that he would go decide ankle lock is the best submission there when i just thought was that his knee. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> that's just the, being a nitpick we're going we're going to skip ahead a little bit to the end um because there's so much that happens there's there's tons of big moves go watch this match i don't know if this is my rec cuz i i do think the next match is really really fun and people should go watch it i think if you have like a a, a running list of things you like trying to find more stuff to watch put this on the list for sure, I think that this is
1: probably the easiest watch of the bunch. Especially, it's this,
0: it's this or the last match.
1: Yeah, but the last one is just like just turn on and dynamite. Sometimes and you'll, you'll see, you'll, yeah, you'll see it it's similar. But this is one of those things where, like, I don't know how many people are listening to this that I've actually seen David Richards and or Eddie Edwards
0: competing. You know,
1: like you do I if you're think, like a hardcore hardcore guy. Yeah, I think I've seen think,
0: one Eddie Edwards match that I remember. And I don't think I've seen Davey Richards in a match.
1: Man, they, they had a couple, I think they had a couple feuds in TNA over, over multiple eras that, that got real personal that were fucking fun as hell. Yeah. Um, but man, this, this was, this is just where it's at. Yeah. We get to the finishing sequence here, which is, so Eddie hits a clothesline for a near fall. He throws on, they called it it like an Achilles slicer or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It's just a single leg grab. Um, and then he, he does some chops at the same time Davey's doing kicks to the chest. Uh, Davey hits a clothesline for a one count. And that's where like, oh, that's the Japanese thing. He's done the thing where he kicks out at one and he's like, has so much energy. But he just wasted all of his, he's literally at 0% health now because he yeah. is just wasted it all. It's like, uh, have, did you play Left 4 Dead?
0: I absolutely played Left 4 Dead.
1: So in Left 4 Dead, you know how you're like super low when you're like super low on health and you just you just decide fuck it, I'm taking like an a, an adrenaline shot or whatever yeah. the fuck, and you're like, this'll hold me through and you get this little boost, but that's just slowly dwindling the whole time, and then eventually yeah. you're just on
0: one percent one HP and you're just like, Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. And he totally gets fucked here. Serious super kicks, Edward kicks out one more time, and then a running punt type kick. Oh my and God. Richards wins, meaning he is the new heavyweight champion.
1: Yeah, the way I could describe that, it's not a fucking PK. That is a that is a free kick. Like yeah. that, that that brother is he is he was like kicking like he was aiming it to go fucking 50 yards.
0: Right, <laughs> That was opening kickoff of the Super Bowl. Like that's what that Hell was. Yeah. Like I gotta send Hell a message. Yeah. Let me let me get this touch back. We're gonna take our last break. When we get back, we are looking at Javier's favorite match. Back from the break, normally I introduce the matches. I'm going to give you the floor, introduce this match to the people.
1: We're at Final Battle 2012, the main event for the Ring of Honor World Championship. We're in ladder wars, baby. In in my opinion, the greatest wrestling feud of all time. We get the culmination, Kevin Steen versus El Generico.
0: Bastard Spawn Kevin Steen versus Great Man and Generic Luchador El Generico. The fact that they had Sammy, like the fact that Sammy was under a mask. I know it's Sammy's, like Sammy's idea. I know that. Yeah. It's so weird because he's the most lovable man of all time. Like, yeah. he's just, it's just, he's Sammy. He's so, he'd look at Sammy. He's just so excited to be here. But then that ties in because he was able to kind of put that in the El Generico character. I get that. Um, you know what's
1: crazy is Sammy Zane, in my opinion, is the greatest facial seller of all time. I think it, I don't even think it's close. Ooh. I don't think anyone even comes close to him when it comes to facial, uh, facials. When he's when he's selling, Sammy is so good at it. It's not even like he does it so effortlessly. It's just it's perfect every single time. You know uh,
0: who I think of who's underrated, and it's actually funny because they're for a while there they were like the equivalent of one another, Sammy and Becky Lynch. I think Becky is a really good Becky's face great to yeah. too. Yeah, and it's funny because they were like. Mixed match challenge people together.
1: <laughs> they were the gingers. Yeah, the um, ginger snaps. Yeah, no, it's... it's This match, man, this feud, it's my favorite feud of all time. This is a story that has been told over three years. This is their second final battle match. 2010, I think, is their best match. Um, and, and I think it's objectively... I, I guess uh, it's still hyperbole, but objectively the best wrestling match of all time. Um This is my favorite, and I think this is the greatest match of all time because of everything involved. We have been telling this story since Final Battle 2009, when they lost to the Young Bucks, and Kevin said, "I hate you," and then low blowed his ass. (laughs) Three years, we've gone through so many phases so many fucking phases with this including kevin getting suspended at one point like shoot by by jim cornette because he wanted him to get in, in better shape and all this other bullshit it's fucking jim uh, cornette yeah jim cornette was a fucking asshole um what? jim cornette's a fucking asshole um there is. and just so much that there's like at some point we tied in fucking steve carino into all this shit uh <laughs> It's just, it's a great, it's, it's great. It's, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling storyline of all time. And it's
0: still going to this day. Yeah. It's, it ties into the Bloodline feud. Like, it ties, it ties into, into all the,
1: that. The
0: Bloodline feud doesn't happen without this match. Tell me, in this match, some of the, the points you like most. the fucking beginning is
1: uh, the brother the way that i get out of my seat every i I know exactly what happened i've seen this match i kid you not i've probably seen this match like 40 times because it's a quick it's an easy watch uh it's one of those things that sometimes i'll just like throw it on just because and it's easy to find um and so it's like so the match starts it's a ladder it's ladder wars it's it's essentially just a a ladder match um and the match starts with immediately they do the rapid punching thing that we've come to know Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, and El Generico, Sami Zayn for, where they just, they hold each other's hands or heads with their left hands, and then they're just rapidly throwing punches with their right. Uh, so they do that. They break off. Generico immediately goes into his finishing sequence. He hits a Tornado DDT, follows that up with a Yakuza kick. Kevin is fucking stunned. He's on the outside, and he falls, and Generico follows that up with a pick on Hilo the way that i pop every single time i'm like go climb the fucking yeah. ladder right
0: now you beautiful just beautiful go man. do it just go in just go in and be free but of course it means more than just the ladder match like that's not that's not all of it um, there's one point where Steen claw's uh, at generico's eyes backbite drops him onto a ladder and it breaks then he just starts using pieces of the ladder to beat the shit out of generico whips him like just throws the ladder at him does a cannonball onto half a ladder on him whips Generico into the barricade at ringside and it collapses onto a fan. I was like, oh, that's a lawsuit. Turns and then he just starts shit-talking the fans. Well, there's a fan in the Generico mask and he shit-talks him and then whips Generico into another ladder in the corner of the ring and then Steen just takes a little break to Starfish in the middle of the ring like he's making fucking snow angels. Kevin Steen, when he
1: was in this phase... Uh, between this and when he ultimately loses the title to Jay Briscoe next in the following year, it it is honestly one of the greatest heel runs you will ever see. It is a masterclass in drawing heat because no matter how like incredibly, it's not like the MJF thing. MJF is fucking awesome at being a heel, and we recognize that, and that's why MJF still draws cheers despite the fact that he's also a heat magnet.
0: Yeah, well, people just like to be made fun of, apparently.
1: Fucking nobody was cheering for Kevin Steen at this time. Literally nobody. That guy got heat upon heat upon heat.
0: I kind of appreciate more the people who can be hated without getting cheered. I will like, say, it is the thing that I respect most about Baron Corbin. That's exactly who came to mind. Because it it's not go away heat with Baron Corbin. It genuinely isn't. I like no. Baron Corbin. I recognize what he does. I just don't fucking like him. You know, like I, I know you're there. I know you have a purpose. I, it's like, it's like when you're driving to work and there's like a, it's a, a stoplight and you know, it needs to be a stoplight. But you're like, this is a, if this was a stop sign, I'd be, I'd be there by now. Yep. But I, I know it, I know it needs to be one, but I fucking hate you. <laughs> it, 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 it just uh, Baron Corbin is the fucking stop sign of people. Um, which I think is fair. Even JBL would agree with me uh
1: seven feet under by the way
0: owens has a table and just hits generico in the face with it at one point which was oh just fucking fantastic we, we went went past a little bit of generico getting getting some offense in uh including pushing off a ladder and it landing on the commentary team
1: <laughs> yeah they almost fucking killed uh kevin kelly yeah, kevin kelly, kevin was kelly. Like an inch away from death um yeah. He does a half-and-half half suplex, or he does an exploder suplex uh, through the corner ladder, which is just a piece of that broken ladder that broke a while back. Um, he does a half-and-half half suplex on the same part. He just lays it down on the ground. Yeah. Um, and then th- comes the spot with the announce table that you mentioned. Uh, he goes for a Tornado DDT, but these guys know each other. So fucking well, and Kevin just turns that into a backbreaker.
0: (laughs) Exactly. which is really good. And this is when Owens, uh, or sorry, Steen, has a table and just hits Narco in the face with it. He sets up a table on top of a ladder bridge that's on the outside. Fans in the crowd smartly move away from that area. There's no security telling them. You just see them being like, nope, fuck it, just back up. One just Uh, starts
1: touching it. He's just patting like lightly like like he doesn't want to fuck it up so he's like very lightly just
0: patting it it's like when any man sees another man do a do a fucking home improvement you gotta like tap it and be like oh yeah that's sturdy like i know yeah, that's fuck sturdy. all about building a house but if my boys like i installed this shelf I, I touched the shelf i'm like that's not going anywhere like yeah no this is good <laughs> like he was waiting for my test my weak ass pulling on it and being like that's real fucking sturdy yeah
1: sturdy shit right there man <laughs> it's a
0: great shelf Excellent. You find a stud for that one. Uh, Did all you right. anchor it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, nothing about home improvements. Yeah, it's so, okay. so. It's okay. I'm never going to be able to afford a house.
1: We've got the ladder bridge set up. And so, generico back body drop steam through that goddamn table and that ladder bridge. Amazing spot. And then Generico just like starts looking at the the ringside crew, I guess that ROH has, and he just starts like going like making hand movements and gestures and all this other stuff. And so the guys go, they come back, and they just come back with like a fucking XL size ladder. Yeah. it's like a ladder that Big Show would use to go if you were in a Money of the Big match.
0: <laughs> it's a big, big, big ladder. Uh, Generico wants a top rope brainbuster. Scene reverses into what I would consider an F five. It wasn't at five, yeah. Off the ladder and through a table. Uh, (laughs) Jericho is alive, which is amazing. Steen hits him with the smallest of the ladders. Uh, Then we get a ladder bridge between two big ladders. And I'm like, and the second that that ladder bridge is starting to form, I'm like, I've seen this spot before. I know I've watched this clip before.
1: This is a unique ladder bridge because it's two ladders. One of them being the massive one that Generico yeah. brought through, and then Steed sets it up with a lower rung, like on the one of the lower rungs, he sets a ladder across, and then he takes another ladder and a little higher up, he puts that one across. So we've got a double little bridge thing going on here, and he hits a regular power drop. Uh, right? Re- or uh, sorry, no, he 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 does that. He power bombs Generico through through the lower one, and yeah. then sets up the the higher one. Yeah. Um. And then Generico just says, "Fuck you, fuck this, fuck everything." He hits a package power driver on Kevin Steed. Steen
0: punches Generico off of the ladder bridge. He yeah. then gets another ladder and adds the other level to the bridge. Both men are brawling on the bridge. We get a blatant kick to the balls <laughs> by Steed. <laughs> Which,
1: man, it's just this is the beauty of storytelling. If I weren't here, you wouldn't know this. So the when he turned heel back in 2009, after the match against the Young Bucks, he's on the mic after the match. They're they're, they're doing everything. He just goes, I fucking hate you. And then he low blows him. So what does he do here, Evan? He yells
0: out,
1: he yells out, I hate you. And then low blows him. And then hits a package pile driver on that ladder bridge. And then he just goes, Generico falls off. He goes, he grabs his fucking title belts, is his title bout, and Kevin Steen wins the match. And the, the the thing is, you you may be thinking here, how do you pay off a three-year feud with the bad guy winning? The question is, you don't, because the feud is still going.
0: Exactly. And the thing
1: is, Generico had the fucking go because he signed WWE. No, he went to go work at the orphanage in Tijuana. Oh, yeah, right, yes. He went to go work at the orphanage in Tijuana, and then some guy who kind of has a similar build to him named Sammy Zane showed up and
0: in NXT NXT, and it was glorious our last match to celebrate the 21st anniversary of Ring of Honor is two tag teams who define Ring of Honor aside from these two teams you already mentioned the Wolves we've already talked about Generico and Steen who are the other tag teams that to you define Ring of Honor
1: oh the Motor City Machine Guns um but also oh my god there's so many the Addiction um Fuck that's tough if I had to narrow it to i think those in my opinion are the four or four yeah. of the five yeah like um you could then you could say it's like the addiction or you could say it's Kings of wrestling or you could say it's the motor- i would say it's the motor city machine guns early um, on second city saints maybe maybe second if that I wouldn't say it but you could you could absolutely make an argument for that just because of the early impact that they had. Yeah. But what about the tough.
0: what about the Tyler Black stable that he was in?
1: Uh Kingdom of the F- or, uh, the Fallen, yeah. Or, yeah, Kingdom of the Fallen. Or I think it was something like that. E-
0: yes, but also or, like or even the Kingdom, Kingdom was the
1: Kingdom. Yeah, the, my thing is, uh, I think if you're going to do it, you've got to have some sort of longevity with it. And yeah. none of those people really did. And that's why I would say it's, it's the motor city machine guns. Cause they
0: did. And these two teams, we are at honor reign supreme 2017. It is the young bucks versus the Briscoes, a two out of three falls match for the ROH tag team championships. Each fall, a specific set of rules. First fall, normal second fall, lucha rules, third fall, no DQ. Obviously. And we also talked about this previously. Um, Two of the best brother tag teams of all time? Yes. Probably the two best ROH tag teams of all time? Yeah, I absolutely. With a bullet, in my opinion. And obviously, recently losing Jay Briscoe makes this a little harder to watch, but at the same time, it's so fun because, God, this is, super, this is a great match. Yeah, I this really is fucking great. This, one.
1: this is great. Uh, I don't think it's their best match together. I think their best match together is the Ladder Wars that they had, I think, the following year in 2018. Okay. But I couldn't find that match, so we had to settle for this. And it's not even settling.
0: <laughs> it's not settling. Uh, early on, like, again, we won't go through, like, the whole bits, but the main structure of the match is really great because early on it's just a classic tag match. And hard to keep track. Luckily, the Briscoes have different haircuts, which makes it really easy <laughs> to be able to tell which one is which. Mark has the more His shaved cuts. down head, and Jay's got the fun hair going out. And then, Bandana Mark is just Mark. And then, but also, thank God for the young bucks. One of them had a bandana. I was like, let's
1: go. Bandana. (laughs) It's it's Nick. Nick always has the bandana.
0: I know. It's really, it it makes it easier for the rest of us.
1: Um, Look, man, the thing that makes this match special to me is that the heels are actually the Briscoes. The Briscoes are never heels, never the fucking heels. And yet they are here. uh, and, And it's fun. Although, I will say, the bucks were. Especially Bullet Club in general was in a weird, really weird space at this point, where they were the most over and popular act in all of wrestling, that they yeah. kind of had to be babyfaces, but they were heels. The Bucks here were babyfaces in Ring of Honor; yes. they were babyfaces. Okay, um, Cody was
0: a heel. Hangman yes. was a heel. <laughs> they were not. It was really weird. I do find it funny that Hangman was a heel for like quite a while because he's such a yeah. lovable little anxious cowboy. He was a heel uh, up until he joined AEW in the first half like the first fall of the match. Is there any spot that stands out to you?
1: Oh my god. So th- there's a lot of good. You can tell these guys have just done this shit hundreds of times so at many this times. point. Yeah. Which it's true. They have. Um and so they the, the match starts off with Matt and Jay and yeah. it's it's cool cuz those are the two older brothers and they're just having a more grounded technical type of thing. And then uh, Nick and Mark tag tag in, and they're the two younger guys, so they just go fast as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's basically, for the next portion of this match, it's basically just the young bucks being so fucking fast and acrobatic and doing all this other shit until Jay Briscoe shows up. And Jay Briscoe is just like, hey, Matt, get the fuck over here and get down. And then... (laughs) The, the the like he just they just kind of run over Matt at one point and they really start working over Matt and that's that's the best because you know what happens, Evan? We get a Nick Jackson hot tag, and I'm just gonna throw it out there right now. Nick Jackson is the greatest hot tag in the history of pro wrestling. Oh Ooh. name me a better one. Like I know it's 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 one of those things where everyone's gonna be like, no, you're out of your mind, you're crazy. Name me a better one.
0: You see, I don't know I don't know if it qualifies as a hot tag cuz I don't know how often it happens as a tag and people think about him when he's old. You got to not think about him when he's old, okay? I need you to remember like 2001 era Kane getting a tag cuz that <laughs> motherfucker would go crazy. And it's a different type of crazy. Yeah. It's a different it's it's, all, it's almost like apples to oranges right now. But that era like still using the voice box Kane. Yeah. That man could hot tag. But I think it's just my exposure to the to the young bucks is not as great as others, so I I wouldn't be able to say that comfortably. You know what I mean?
1: Nick is just fucking out of his mind, man. Nick is he really is like a junior version of Jeff Hardy. Um just because of the way that he just goes fucking insane on all this. While Matt is like Matt Hardy and is the more grounded one of the bunch. Yeah. Um and then we get so just some fun shit. Jay hits a Death Valley driver. Briscoe set up for a doomsday device, and then this is this is my favorite spot of the match. The the Briscoe set up for a doomsday device. Uh, Nick trips up Mark um, Matt, on the top rope. Yeah, yeah. Matt puts Jay in a tombstone position because they're going for either the Meltzer Driver or the Indy Taker. Um, and when Nick jumps off the off the, the springboard, Mark goes with him and hits a fucking cutter.
0: Yeah. And it's then great. this is where Jay sits down because it's a roll-up attempt by the Bucks. Jay sits down on him.
1: No, this is so. That that that's a separate spot. So oh, that's, they, that's the, a separate the, one. Yeah. The Briscoes hit a powerbomb, uh, neckbreaker combo on Matt for a near fall, and then they go up again for the Doomsday spot. Yeah. Nick stops Mark. Uh, Matt tries rolling forward to go for like a, a victory roll or something like that, but Jay stops him and just kind of pins him down uh, in a position that he couldn't really get out of. So the Briscoes score the first fall of the match.
0: Then this is my favorite part of the match. This is is absolutely flawless. J-Hop's on the mic, says, Mark, what the hell is a Lucha? And is distracting the Young Bucks because Mark then just shows up and hits them both in the back with chairs because now it's 1-1. They have the advantage in the hardcore because they've been disqualified. And now it's a hardcore no-DQ match. This is flawless. It's perfect it's, thought process. I get it. If you get that advantage and you don't want to do a fucking lucha match against the young bucks who are f- high flyers, ground them, hit them with this the chairs. This is the most
1: posh-washed version of what, of, of of events because yeah. you did not do Jay Briscoe's speech justice. I because
0: I couldn't dare. I what couldn't dare.
1: That's a damn lucha. Hey,
0: chicken. What do you think about this here on lucha? And then
1: Mark just blasts the bugs, just
0: like and with a with a uh, chair shot reminiscent of every time that Roman Reigns turns around. Yeah, Roman needs to stop turning around because every time yeah. he gets hit by a, a lovable new underdog or Seth Rollins,
1: <laughs> turn around and die. Um. Mark does a drop toe hold onto a chair to Nick. Uh, he then wraps the chair in the corner, forces Nick's face onto it, and Jay runs into the corner with a running knee. A little forward, Mark does some redneck kung fu on Nick, which I know you've had some some exposure to the redneck kung fu in, in recent uh, months and such. Yes. What 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 do you think of Mark Briscoe's redneck kung
0: fu? I love it. It's such a weird. Uh, like it's it's a part that if you're like, hey, here's this character, here's this whole gimmick, here's all like you know, here's these down home boys and these southern guys and all this. also he does kung fu. Did you say like, them home boys? Down home boys, like you oh, know, from from south down home. And like, right, here, and they're like, and like, here's the thing, and like, we need a twist. Oh, he does kung fu every once in a while. I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he does what? Just kung fu? Why? Redneck kung fu, baby. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's, it's like when Sergeant Terry Jeffords Is a skilled painter and you're like Huh what why huh? What? Well, how did you know how to do that I didn't know you know how to do that <laughs> It's like how
1: Jerry the King Lawler is like legitimately A gifted painter as well
0: Yeah also seems that like, we talked about it A couple weeks ago seems like Jerry the King Lawler is on the On the upswing and that's great Seems like yeah. he's back to, back to health and we like that Just no more announcing uh, And preferably no more wrestling Jerry That yes. too Jesus Christ you're still doing it. You're in your seventies,
1: mate. Stop come, it. Come down. Um, is he? He might be in his seventies. He might be still be in his sixties. He's 73. Uh, yeah, there we go. It's even worse, actually. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, anyways, there are like these big pillars that obviously are just there in the building because they yes. hold up stuff. Um, and at one point, Tough, tough buildings work. Nick Jackson gets whipped into it because they had the the Briscoes had been whipping both Bucks into those those pillars. Nick Jackson gets double uh, a double Irish whip by both brothers onto that pillar, and he just climbs it up like it's fucking American Ninja Warrior, does a moonsault off of it right onto both of those guys. Uh, the Bucks then grab uh,
0: both Briscoes and hit stereo power bombs onto the apron. Which is the hardest part of the ring, and they say that, which means if you're playing along at home, you have to drink.
1: Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> then they hit stereo suicide dives. Then they fight up to the entryway. The Briscoes hit super kicks because you yeah. are expecting a super kick uh, party out of the Bucks, but no, it's the Briscoes that
0: do it. Uh, the Bucks do hit super kicks as well, and everybody goes down.
1: Yeah, everybody's down. Um, we get back to the ring. There is a super kick party, um, and then they place the 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 IWGP Junior Tag Titles on the Briscoes' necks uh, to to clearly go for a super kick. I guess on that point, yeah they're showboating too much. So when they turn around, the Briscoes just use the titles and deck
0: them both with it. Yeah, that's a bad idea. You gave the Briscoes weapons, you dumb dumbs. Yes. Uh, we get a jade driller and a froggy Boat to Matt. Uh, but here comes an anxious cowboy. He's here to break up the pin. Adam Page is here. Uh, blockbuster by Mark Briscoe. Uh, but Todd Sinclair gets pulled out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, Page uh pulls out Todd Sinclair. Uh and then he decks him and then he hits a buckshot Larry and onto Jay because I'm not sure if you knew this, but Heyman Page and Jay Briscoe don't get along very well. They don't like each other. In kayfabe, Everyone loves the Briscoes in yes. real life. Um corner power bomb ends a Gurry combo. Uh and then we we get some fun stuff here. Nick uh gets up to the top rope. There's a chair on the ground and uh Mark's kind of just or uh, I think it's actually Jay um, has uh, it has his legs on the middle rope and Matt holding him up by his shoulders and Nick from the top just sits a 450 straight onto that chair for a near fall yeah. because Paul Turner comes out of the back another referee yes.
0: then an accidental double super kick to page because he was holding one of the briscoes with the briscoe moved uh, and then they just double super kick the ref like because mark moves again <laughs> yeah like it's just be accurate goddamn. uh they do hit a more bang for your buck which is i, I like i like that move uh yeah, but
1: jay pulls out uh pulls out Todd Sinclair, who is awake yeah.
0: again and then jay just yeets him out of the fucking ring uh nick it's a pk
1: that brother <laughs> so nick is on the apron um, and Jay's on the outside cause he had just pulled out the official. So uh, Jay turns around and just absolutely eats the shit out of Nick Jackson's foot. Um, and then they, they, they grab Jay, they take him, uh, to the entryway there. So the way that the, the read is set up, there's the entryway and then there's stairs to go down to the ringside area.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh, Nick or Matt gets, uh, Jay up in the tombstone position. And Nick goes through the curtains, uh, back to the to the backstage area, can then comes running out of the curtains, jumps the steps, and they hit the Indy Taker on Jay right on the ringside area.
0: I have a question as yep. an uninitiated Bucks fan. Go on. What is the difference between a Meltzer Driver and an Indy Taker?
1: Uh, Meltzer Driver just has the springboard, like you do the flip. Okay. Whereas the Indy Taker is just the
0: the jump. Yeah, just the jump. Okay, because I was like, oh, they hit a Meltzer driver, and they're like an indie taker. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I, I thought that was a whole different thing. And then later on, they do hit a Meltzer driver, and I was like, I did the fucking, I thought the other yeah. thing. Yeah, they do,
1: they do. They go back into the rig. They hit double super kicks on Mark. They get him up. They hit a Meltzer driver. One, two, three. The Yum Bucks retain.
0: It's a good match. It's fun. It's a damn good uh, match. If you have a lot of time, and you like violence, go watch the CZWRH match. Truly. Yeah. If you it's have an less experience. time. That's why. If you have less time and you're a wrestling purist, go watch the Edwards Richards match. If you are a fan of story more than wrestling, go watch the Steen Generico match. And like just know how deep it, it goes, you know? And if you
1: just want like a somewhat conversation a uh, combination of all those, you watch this one.
0: Yeah. Uh the danielson aries match is really good but holy shit just like find a supercut somewhere like it's it's a lot um (laughs) before we wrap up we're talking about roh on its 21st anniversary we know there's rumors that roh is going to start its tv deal soon or potentially like a streaming deal or there's going to there's going to be an roh show coming it's going to be on honor club on on youtube um i believe what are your hopes for ROH going forward? What do you want it to be like?
1: I don't think that we will ever really get that magic of what Ring of Honor was even back in like the the early 2010s. I think that things really changed in the mid 2010s into the later ones. Um, that was a that was a different kind of Ring of Honor from the one that I knew. I also think that it's it's difficult to really go back to what it was because you now have AEW, which is is sort of built on the wrestling aspect of wrestling rather than the overall product. Um, but honestly, what I I just what I'm hoping for is that it's just different from uh, from AEW. Yeah, that's all I'm hoping for. I just want it to be its own thing, its own roster um you know if you want to sometimes bring over claudio and, and stuff for like you know appearances every like i don't know f- you know handful uh i mean like a handful of times a year so like you know every few months or whatever like sure yeah, like a fresh. one-off match yeah just like a one-off match here maybe you ha- maybe you have a a, a, a you know blackpool combat club type deal that that kind of brings them over but i really just want them to remain separate i i just i hope that they're able to tell great stories because the ring of honor that i know is you know ring of honor gets a rep for you know being oh it's 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 just indie wrestling you know they go they try to have their five-star matches with doing all this crazy shit they go on forever and yada 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 the beauty of ring of honor for me was the stories that they told like Steen generico in my opinion is the greatest wrestling feud of all time that shit didn't happen in wwe it it happened in ring of honor you know the the shit with the briscoes and the bucks that story was told in ring of honor the the stories between dan went with danielson and and all those guys and the czw story i was told in ring of honor you know the samoa joe story that eventually culminates with with austin aries and you know being the one to to dethrone him, that was told in Ring of Honor. Like there, there's so many things that that Ring of Honor had as far as storytelling uh, being used as a device. It's it, it was so much more than just the in-ring product, and I really hope that they're able to to take this new generation of wrestlers that they have uh in that raw ro- on that roster and hopefully they're able to pull some of these younger guys who who show a lot of promise in AEW and, and sort of move them over there as well so that we can get uh just just a product that fucking works, you know? I hope more than anything, what I really want out of Ring of Honor is I want them to take some of the younger guys from a w who maybe aren't going to be used as frequently, you know? And like give
0: them that that opportunity to grow. Like yeah, this is a, a good that growing platform. area. Yeah.
1: Ring of Honor is awesome because Ring of Honor it it took the, the those younger guys in wrestling, you know, the the machine gun the Demolition the, the machine guns became guys in Ring of Honor. You know, yeah. Brian yeah. was young as fuck in Ring of Honor. Samoa so Joe is baby. Honor. You know, like these guys start there young, and then they go and they grow and they 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 get become these these great and legendary performers because they were able to hone their crafts there and I really hope that that happens with this next phase of Ring of Honor send fucking Wheeler Yuda down there send Daniel Garcia back down there let them tell their stories of their careers at in that company and then if they're if they get the, a lot of seasoning after you've told as much as you can tell
0: you bring them back to AEW you and- know you know who I could see being like hey go make Hook an ROH legend. Go make like give let hook just fuck right. around. Let it let him know. I need hook on aw. I need hook on aw. Give Brian Pillman more. More, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Give me Brian
1: yeah. Pillman Jr., give me fucking. I don't remember g- Garrison, whatever the fuck his name is, his partner. Uh, yeah. send them over there. Griff Garrison, that's what it is. Uh, Brock you know, Anderson, put him
0: down there. Yeah, like,
1: Brock. Uh just there's so many young guys that are a-, a men and women on that roster who deserve an opportunity uh and you know AEW doesn't do house shows. There there's not many They are soon. There there aren't many opportunities for these people to get on and actually wrestle and perform. And I think the Ring of Honor brand would benefit from you know having these people on there alongside you know obviously your your Claudio Castagnoli's if Jay Lethal so happens to move over that would be great too same thing with Samoa Joe just let them work these veterans who are still really fucking good at this thing and one that. month
0: from right now is when they start the house shows for AEW one month from right yeah. now
1: i'm not saying that that ROH should be like a developmental brand for ring of honor uh but I mean, let's be honest. It's probably what it should be moving forward yeah. because that that's not a bad spot. If ROH can just tap into becoming essentially what Black and Gold NXT was for a while there, I think I think it's going to be a huge success uh, because yeah. I think people will watch because of that. And I, I just want it to be its it, it, it make it its own thing under that umbrella.
0: You know that's that's really
1: what I want Ring of Honor to be.
0: I think it has the space. I think the name recognition also helps. Like it will draw more because people know Ring of Honor has been around for a long time. Instead of AEW starting their own NXT, you know what I mean? Like if AEW was like, we have a new thing and it's AEW fucking futures or whatever, whatever nonsense they would call it. Like having ROH, like people know what ROH is. There's a a guarantee, like a quality that you expect in ROH. You're like, oh, yes. that's where the Bucks came from. That's where the Briscoes are from. It's where fucking Cody made a new name. That's where all this stuff, right? It's where yeah. CM Punk is from. All that stuff. I think it would be a great, like, that's a good, attainable, realistic goal for ROH. This was really fun because you yeah. got to, like, by the end, the Bucks-Briscoes match, amazing presentation, world like worldwide aud- audience, years of development, and, like, People forget that AEW is still relatively young. AEW yeah. is going is to grow and have and change and have all this too. WWE obviously has been the, the group for a long time. Yeah. AEW didn't
1: come into existence until January 1st of 2019, I believe it was.
0: You like know? They're, they're just in year four now. Yeah.
1: This is their fourth year as a company. That's not even including the, the television product. That only started in October of 2019.
0: I am. The more you say, the more I think about it, the more I'm glad that you're right. Like, ROH never sold their stuff to WWE, and now it it gives AEW like one extra thing. Yeah. In this, I don't like that it's like a two party system, but it's kind of where we're at. And then New Japan just showing up like, hey, uh, we're still fucking dope. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think that ROH still being a thing and coming back and kind of being molded into the, its next phase is a good thing for wrestling as a whole because i yes. think that it will only just serve to create the next generation of wrestlers
0: and we and that's need thing. we need more wrestlers and we need to let wrestlers retire let people retire yes how long, you do this, Jer- how long are you gonna do this jericho go home go, go home, home. He's already started like test driving the cruises though. I think he's just going to be a cruise guy for the rest of his life. Become a manager. I want to see manager Jericho. That, that actually would be pretty great. Let's do the housekeeping stuff before we talk about who we have next week on the podcast, wherever you are listening, be sure to rate and subscribe. It helps the boys out tremendously give those five star reviews. If you say something in the five star review, we will read it on air unless it is horrendous. So say something nice, or maybe ask us a question. That'd be cool. Uh, you can also follow us on the social medias, Javier. Where can people find you on social media?
1: I'm on the Twitter machine at JmellowSports. It's in the link in the bio of the main account.
0: It sure is. Uh, so is mine. It's Evan Gomes, at it's Follow the podcast. Most importantly, on Twitter and Instagram at Crossbody of Work. Go to FullPressShop.com. Cop the merch. Support the boys. And go to FullPressWrestling.com for all of the links that we for the matches we talked about in this week's episode. Obviously, none of them are on Peacock because they're all from Ring of Honor, baby. We got like a Billy Billy match in there. God bless Billy Billy. A lot it's of it's on YouTube too. A lot of it is on YouTube. A lot of it is throwbacks from the ROH account, which is awesome. But fullpresswrestling.com, get your wrestling news, get all the links for all the matches. Go check out the other wrestling podcasts that are there as well. Refining it up with Brian Hebner has been big. RJ has been doing big things. They got Jimmy Corderas now on there. <laughs> uh, they, had, they had ODB recently on the pod. Yeah. Which RJ's is living my dream. Truly is. It's living the dream. Next week. We are covering, do you remember who it is? I have no fucking idea. Next week, we are covering Canadian legend, Andrew Test Martin. Oh, there we go. It's an episode for the testicles. Who is excited? Everybody should be. (laughs) Test is one of the first guys I remember looking at and being like, why are you not a world champion? Like, even when I was young, I was like, you look like you should be higher on the card. Yeah, I mean,
1: Tess is someone I didn't know about until later on because he, you know, by the time I started watching wrestling, he was really phased out and uh, to like kind of sporadic stuff. And you know, obviously, unfortunately, uh, we lost him way too early. Yeah, and passed away so, in two thousand and nine. So I didn't. I you know I was still. I was just. I, I think I was just too young for Test, which is unfortunate because when I went back and saw the whole Attitude everything, Test was pretty fucking good.
0: Tess could go. Tess could brawl. And so we're going to check out the corporation. We're probably going to talk about uh, him teaming with Scott Steiner randomly, which was very <laughs> weird. We'll probably try to find something from the independent circuit or TNA. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe TNA. a little
1: lover or lever.
0: I guarantee you, lover or lever will be on that, that show. So that's next week. We're covering the career of Test. Thank you so much for joining us as we talked about ROH on their 21st anniversary this week. Javier, any final words for the people?
1: This week on Life Advice with Javier. Uh, Look, man, it's winter. uh, And and I I understand that this is something that that comes around during the spring, usually. The spring cleaning thing. But you Mm. know what? We're going to nip it in the bud early. Uh, Everyone, move some shit around. You know you want to. You know there's some some area of your apartment or house or whatever that you are not 100% about. You know what? It's time to try some shit out especially this weekend. Long weekend. If you're not anywhere else, uh, just move some shit around. If you have a desk you want to move around, just to see how it how it tries out in a new location, do so. Yeah. If you've got some cords that 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 the cord if your cord management is terrible, fix it. Do some stuff.
0: My cord management is so terrible that at work I used my roller chair and I ran over the end of my laptop charger and i had to go to our tech services department and be like hey i need a new laptop charger because i fucking wrecked mine jesus christ yeah they're like you know you have to pay for the next one It's like okay and so i'm just mentally preparing to pay for the next one um thank you all so much for diving in as we talked for our way this is probably going to be our longest episode in a long time uh but that's okay yeah. because it was a lot to cover Tried hard to get 21 years of a company into five matches but we did our best Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Reach for the sky, boy.